0: Mental health struggles naturally spill into the workplace, especially in a pandemic. They affect job performance, engagement, communication abilities, and physical capabilities. All of these things impact businesses, individuals, families, and communities. One business is determined to take mental illness and turn it to mental fitness. Find out how on this edition of Therefore What. Therefore What is a weekly podcast that breaks down the news while breaking down barriers, challenges you in the status quo, explores timely topics and timeless principles, and leaves you confident to face what's next. I'm Boyd Matheson, opinion editor for the Deseret News, and this is Therefore What. We are very pleased to have joining us today on our special podcast focusing on mental wellness and mental fitness. Uh, Trent Mono and Rachel Merrill, they are the co-founders of Room Here, which is a non-profit organization focused on mental fitness and healthier minds at work. Trent and Rachel, thanks to both of you for joining us on there for What?
1: Thanks so much. Thank glad to be here.
0: Well, mental health is a uh, big thing, especially as we get into the, uh, the winter months. We know that gets to be a hard time. We throw in a pandemic just for good measure, and uh, a lot of people are struggling. A lot of people are challenged. And uh, you raised one of the, the, to me, one of the really important things in terms of framing a conversation, uh, a crucial conversation, uh, about mental wellness. Uh, you've got a great uh, organization, nonprofit rolling forward. We'll, we'll get into that in just a second. But I kind of want to get to the backstory. What is it that led the two of you uh, to begin this journey and this process to help people get to mental fitness? And uh, Rachel, why don't we start with you?
1: Yeah, that sounds great. Thanks so much. Great question. So we started talking about mental health over a year ago, and we in the community, in the tech industry here in Utah, we just noticed that within this community, there was such a a need and a push to all the time be crushing it, and there's just a lot of pressure. And Trent and I started having conversations with people and close friends of Trent in the community. Many of them were having struggles with mental illnesses and challenges, and we decided to kind of come together and bring a group together to really talk about the concerns and the challenges that the community was facing and as we talked about mental health we realized we'd have a reaction that either people would say like oh mental health is awesome like i've struggled with suicide depression or kind of hit that side of things and then other people would say like oh that's great you're doing stuff with mental health but that doesn't apply to me because i'm not suicidal and so we saw immediately that there was kind of this uh, disconnection between the conversation of mental health only being so focused on suicide and mental illness. And we realized that for this to be a conversation for everybody, we needed to reframe it. And so we decided to reframe the conversation to mental fitness, where kind of like the approach of like physical fitness, we all have a body that we take care of, we all have minds that we need to take care of, whether or not we have an illness it's something that we all should be talking about and all to be taking care of
0: yeah uh, I, I think that's so so vital and i know a lot of your early work has uh, been in the tech sector uh, Trent. i know you're a bay area guy you understand uh, really how that tech sector uh, began mm-hmm. and, and the stressors that go with that uh, and so as you look at it and i also love the fact that you're dealing with it uh, from the workplace uh, so often, that everyone tries to put on their brave face when they go to work uh, because you can't, you know, show weakness. You can't let your manager or your boss know that you're stressed out or right. burned out or or frustrated. <laughs> uh, tell me a little bit about your journey there in terms of getting to why do it in the workplace, and then how do we do it in the workplace?
2: Yeah, like like Rachel said, is and, and like you said, it's that the tech industry where where we've chosen to focus um, our efforts initially is it's so high pressure, and everyone has. I was always feeling like they need to put on this this brave face, and that's really like as we started to have conversations, we we just saw that so many people were sick of that. People didn't want to do that anymore. They wanted to be authentic. They wanted to be vulnerable, but they didn't feel like like they could. I would actually say a, a big compliment to Corey Stevens. I think he's the CEO of Taft, and he's been very open about his uh, about his uh, battles with depression, very severe depression, and to, and suicidal thoughts, cetera. Um and he's been the one one of the ones that has really opened up our community and, and said, Hey, we're all humans, we're all struggling, we all have ups and downs and like you said, adding a, a pandemic on top of it, man, we're just finding that everyone wants to talk about this. Everyone everyone wants to wants this issue to come out of the shadows and have it be something that we can talk about in the same way that that you know, there's no shame in going to the dentist, yeah. there's no shame in going to get a physical, but for some reason, going to a therapist or asking for help, there is that there is that shame and stigma, and so that's really what we're trying to help people understand. And this is a topic that affects everyone in some way or another?
0: Yeah, and it, and it does. It goes way beyond the tech sector. It obviously extends into families and into communities, uh, and it is one of those where. Uh, there's, a, there's a couple of things you mentioned there, Trent, that I want to go back to. Uh, one is this idea that we first have to get comfortable having uncomfortable conversations. That's part yeah. of it, uh, showing that courageous vulnerability. Uh, and some of those uh, tech leaders that you've mentioned and, and others who have started to step forward and say, yeah, I struggle with this, or yeah, this is a real challenge for me. Uh That kind of courageous vulnerability is empowering, and I I love, uh, that your organization is creating space for that kind of conversation to happen, uh, because I think in the end, uh, it's impossible for us. I love how you said, uh, to, to live authentically, uh, trying to, in the workplace. And if you're hiding a struggle, if you're, uh, you know, worried about someone finding out that you're, you know, seeing a therapist or that you're taking medication to, to deal with depression or anxiety or stress or whatever it may be, uh, I think those are all just crucial conversations. Uh, that again, we got to get comfortable with the uncomfortable. Uh, tell us how you're uh, how you're doing that.
2: Yeah, I, I think one of the biggest things that we believe is that that leaders need to go first. Mm-hmm. Um, that the the CEOs and and leaders leaders of these companies they have such an impact on on the way that mental health and mental fitness is perceived within their companies. Two quick examples. One we had. This happened a few years ago, but there was a local tech company who provided uh, in-house therapists for their employees. They would come in every Tuesday and Thursday. They would have a specific room that they would get set up in, and people could could go in and visit with, with a therapist. And at one of their all-hands uh, town hall meetings, the CEO of the company said, said you know, I know everyone who, go, who walks down that hall, and I make a mental note of that. And everyone just was like, oh, so we're actually not supposed to be using these services that you're providing. No. And so it, so it just dried up. Right. And, and on, on the flip side, two positive examples of that, two CEOs in the community that I really admire, David Smith and, and uh, Nate Quigley, the CEOs of Cotopaxi and Chatbooks, um, they've both been very vocal about, A, providing therapy for all of their employees, and, B, the fact that they so needed. And it's something that everyone should feel like it is something that everyone can and should use. And they've seen upwards of 60% usage in their, in their companies of people trying therapy for the first time or u- using that as the way that they, they access therapy for themselves. And it's just so important to, to have these leaders that are, are willing to say, hey, this is a normal conversation. You know, there nobody uncomfortable saying, yes, you need to go out and exercise. There's no stigma, <laughs> n- nothing around that. But as, as leaders come forward and say, yeah, getting help is perfectly normal. Everyone should be doing this. And we've seen some great effects as, as leaders have, have started that
0: conversation. Oh, I love that. And, and there's so many things that, uh, whether it's having uh, an actual therapist or a, a, a coach in that aspect, just as you would a, a personal trainer, uh, to have someone that can help you on the uh, on the mental side of things, uh, and that kind of well-being uh, is no different. To have a, a coach or to have an accountability partner, uh, have someone to check in with or to hold you accountable, to, to do the things you know you should be doing, uh, Rachel, I want to shift to you now, and uh, so give us a little more detail in terms of how Room Here functions and uh, what is available. How do people get engaged?
1: Yeah, so Room Here, our biggest focus one is, as we've talked about, is to normalize the conversation. So really creating opportunities and spaces for people to to speak up and for leaders to lead out and say, this is a normal conversation. So the biggest thing that we have people do is we have them sign a Room Here pledge for mental fitness. So those can be found on our website, roomhere.org. And so we have two sites. So one is for companies specifically, and a company will pledge to measure their mental health culture, make a plan to improve, and share what they're learning with their community. And Room Here helps provide resources for companies to do that. So we have a team of Ph.D. researchers that helped us, have helped us put together some surveys and analysis to be able to help companies track and measure stigma, burnout, and the mental fitness of people and companies, as well as we have resources to help people then create mental fitness plans. So we're not super prescriptive about how a company should fulfill all of the pieces of a plan, but we do provide guidelines around a company that has a mental fitness plan needs to address things like they need to have a crisis response or you need to have ways to normalize this conversation and so we help provide resources tools and guides for that and then we also really invite any individual who wants to be a part of this conversation to take the individual pledge and anyone who takes that we call them our roomies and so they're our allies and our champions for mental fitness so these people We pledge to support others on their mental fitness journey and also engage in mental fitness for their own life. And so it's really cool because you have companies that are pledging and taking initiative and receiving resources from the community, from Room Here, um, and from some mental health professionals to to create plans and make a difference in their organization. And then you have everyone's voices coming in to say, hey, I'm an ally, like I'm a safe person and this is a normal conversation and I want it to be normal. So having those two sides of it where we're tackling it from different angles really helps normalize the conversation and helps people utilize resources that already exist in the community. Another place you can connect to Room Here is through our Instagram. So we have an Instagram handle at Room underscore here and we're sharing a lot of stories from leaders in the community. We'd love to hear your stories. And we have just different campaigns that help people share how they're dealing with their mentally challenging days and really just sharing resources. So it's a great place as well to be connected and join the conversation. Oh,
0: that's so, it's so great to, uh, one, for an organization not to feel like they have to recreate something from scratch. Uh, and I love the fact mm-hmm. that you actually are not so prescriptive. You're talking about principles uh, and strategies and things that have worked other places, resources and then allowing a company culture to uh, to really develop and evolve. Uh, so Trent, I want to stay on the corporate side here for just a minute and uh, talk about how you actually create that kind of culture within an organization. You mentioned some great examples and uh, in Cotopaxi and some of the other organizations. Chatbook have done some great things. Uh, what else are you seeing out there in terms of just some of those principles? Again, not about being prescriptive, but What are some of the things you're seeing that uh, are working in organizations that are creating a culture in their organizations that really supports that mental fitness?
2: Yeah, definitely. Homie is another great example of the local Utah company that's done a really great job. Johnny, the... CEO of Homie, um, anyone who lives in Utah should have seen their, their billboards all around so they, they know who we're talking about. Um, but Homie is, uh, the CEO of Johnny, he's on our board. He's one of the most open and authentic people that you'll see talking about it. And, and I think that is, that is the, that is really the key, is, is saying like, first caring and first, and, and secondly showing that, that this is something that, that we can, we can talk about. Again, that really to me is, it doesn't matter what you do, if there's a feeling that, oh, I'm going to be looked down upon if I do that. Second thing is that it really, what we're seeing is that the companies that implement a mental fitness plan, it really backs up the values of their company. So a company that really understands their mission and their values and why they exist, this mental fitness plan, it just complements that so well because it it says, yeah, in order for us to be authentic, in order for us to really show what we're all about as a company, we need to bring our whole selves, and there needs to be a, this feeling that, that I'm not just being paid to do a job but it's this is a part of my life and this is something that that I'm really focused on and wanting to make it better. And that, I think that's one of the things why we feel like the tech community is such a great place to start. The tech companies are so mission driven and I think that they realize the value of the, of their people and by really placing this emphasis on on their people we hear a lot of companies being talking about their employees bringing their their whole selves to work. And you know, humans are messy, and so so bring your whole self to work. means means sometimes there's good and the bad, and there's there's journeys, and there's things that that people need to figure out along the way. And um, and kind of the last point that I would say about that is I, a, a phrase that I hear a lot of people talking about is psychological safety. It's this idea that that you can be a human, that you can make mistakes, that everything that we do, we don't know the answers right away. But part of the journey is having the psychological safety to first admit that you don't know, secondly make mistakes along the way, and then and then be together and share share what we're learning as we go.
0: Yeah, I think that's such an important part of that. And uh, Rachel, I want to go to you uh, again. Looking at it from uh, executive standpoint, I, I love the fact that you're challenging leaders to lead and create this kind of culture. And executives do need to recognize uh, the connection between mental wellness and productivity and success. Uh, you look at lost time, lost focus, lost effectiveness. Uh, is often the difference uh, between a, especially a tech company, surviving and thriving or uh, going out of business. Uh, we know from the uh, CDC that the depression, uh, in and of itself, interferes with people's ability to complete tasks and to stay focused. And uh, and yet, uh, very few employees. Uh, who report that they've experienced even moderate depression, uh, are getting any kind of help or acknowledging it with any of their coworkers, bosses, or key people in their lives.
1: Yeah, totally. That is something that happens. And I think, yeah, it's so important to have leaders lead out because we want to help in this process before we reach crisis situations. Because when, when there's a crisis, it's a lot harder and there's there's regrets or there's things that people wish had they had done in advance. And so leaders leading out now to say like, let's normalize this conversation. Let's provide for our people and understanding that that by helping there be tools in place to help people feel psychological safety to open up earlier about struggles from any degree, right? Whether they're severe or not. Um, that really helps the whole company environment and. You know, we care about people, right? And your people are your greatest asset. And when your people are not in a good place, it affects so many things. Like you mentioned, you know, attention, productivity, creativity. And it affects the way for coworkers and leaders to connect and communicate. So there's so many effects that I think we still don't even understand how how important this really is. It's our human mind that we're talking about. Our mind is the thing that we filter everything through. So... I think it's just really powerful that leaders, as we start now, we can help with anything preventative and really help people to open up earlier and hopefully not have to encounter as many crisis situations. When sadly, that's the time that people sometimes wake up to the need to address our mental well-being.
0: Yeah, it, it is. So often we're uh, we're parking the proverbial ambulance down at the bottom of the cliff rather than building the fence up at the top and. Uh, I think that's part of what you're doing is having people recognize, one, let's stay away from the edge altogether. Uh, but let's make sure we're, uh, we're doing those things so we're not just in that reactionary mode.
2: I'm gonna steal that, that ambulance and analogy. That, that really resonated with me. I, I, I do think that is, is a lot of the ways that, that mental wellness is discussed is let's just work on suicide prevention and, and that suicide prevention is, is a very much like crucial part of, part of the plan. But when you're only talking about it in terms of suicide prevention, so many people are like, well, I'm not suicidal, so mental health must not be a topic that I need to be talking about. But, yeah, it, I love that analogy that you, that you use.
0: Yeah, we, we all need to, uh, to do that. And I think one of the things that's most important uh, for everyone, for everyone who's listening to this podcast or listening to this interview today, is, one, if you need help, reach out. And if you know someone who needs help, reach out <laughs> and on both of those Absolutely. reach out now i think is the mm-hmm. is the next thing uh rachel where can people uh, go to get more information about room here and uh, some of these things whether it's on the corporate level uh or whether it's on the individual level
1: so the best place to go is our website roomhere.org we have some resources listed there you can sign the pledge like we mentioned earlier people can also reach out to trent and i through our email, but the website is the best place to go so For immediate contact and you can reach out to to us so rachel at roomhere.org and trent at roomhere.org
0: wonderful well this is such a uh, such a crucial conversation and and so important especially here in in the state of utah but across the country and around the world uh, these are conversations we've got to get to Uh, as i said at the beginning we have to get comfortable having uncomfortable conversations and and doing what room here is doing in terms of normalizing these conversations getting rid of the stigma and creating space for those conversations to happen. Therefore what? Uh, Trend, I'm gonna give you the, uh, the last word today. Uh, the program is Therefore What. And so that's the last question is always Therefore What. People have been listening to us for about 20 minutes now on this program. Uh, what do you hope people will think differently? And what do you hope they will do differently as a result of listening today?
2: Great question. I, I love that. The, the takeaway for, for us, is that we want people to be open, and we want them to feel like they can share in the same way that people share their physical uh, fitness, how they're working on their physical fitness. They can also share it and work on how they're working on their mental fitness. They can find help when they need it. They can ask and open up when they when there's when they're struggling. And um, so I think that's the that's the big thing that we we really want people to know is that this is a normal conversation and a normal thing to work on. That everyone, fit or not ill or not, sick or not, we want everyone to be working, about this, working on this, and we want everyone to be talking about this
0: conversation. Yeah, fantastic. And it is doing it all together uh, is the key. Uh, roomhere.org. Encourage everyone to check it out. This is one of those therefore what's that I'm going to weigh in on. Uh, I usually just leave that to our guests, but uh, this is an important one for me. Uh, we have to have that courageous vulnerability. We have to have these conversations. Uh, and very grateful to uh, Rachel and Trent for joining us today to talk about it appreciate your efforts in this this is something that uh, needs to be not just a, uh, a moment uh, or a website or an interaction uh, this has to be a movement uh, leaders need to lead in their businesses we all need to lead in our community and uh, we all